earlier this week, one day I was fortunate to be part of a conversation about the state of our world, not about the news or national or international events, but this conversation was on a more personal level about what folks are experiencing these days. There was a sense among us who were sitting around this table that these days people are more stressed, more anxious, that people are nervous and afraid, that it seems harder these days to give others the benefit of the doubt and to trust in the goodness of other people and of our world. And I wonder, does this seem right to you? Was it just, were we a dour group of four or five people being hopeless and pessimistic? There is plenty that we could worry about, but that is not where I want to go today. I could probably give you a list, and maybe you could give me one too, and I have no intention of doing that, because you don't need more to worry about, do you? Anybody here looking for more worries? I didn't think so. I sense that a number of us are caring a lot these days. Some of us are tired from the slog that we've been on for over two years now. Life has been hard, and I think especially for young people, but also for elders, for parents and for teachers, for those working in healthcare and in other stressful frontline positions, in all kinds of public service jobs, right? How many of us have found in recent years that there are new things to worry about that we didn't even know about in the past? Such abundance. And so we are living in stressful times, right? And so I believe it's more important than ever to pay attention to not just what's going on out there in the world, but what's going on in here, to how we are navigating our days, how we're moving through the world. Because you know, so much of one's experience is based on how we perceive things and the spirit and the heart and the soul that we each bring to our days. Do you know what I mean? When your heart is open, when you're feeling relaxed and at peace, you can take in difficult news and even some criticism without getting anxious or overreacting. You've experienced this, haven't you? But if you're already feeling stressed, it doesn't, I should just speak for myself. If I'm already feeling stressed or kind of a full up to here, 
it doesn't take very much to push me into a more reactive state. My wife could tell you more about this than, than maybe you could hear because, you know, as a therapist once said to me when I told him about something I had said, he smiled and said, yeah, we do um, save our best behavior for those we love, don't we? <laughs> I remember back when our children were little and one day we were at the pediatricians and you know, they use all these metrics in, in, in pediatrics now, and this has not been recently when my kids were little, to measure progress and growth, but also to measure children against the average. And on that visit, our doctor, who we really loved, he looked at us after looking at the numbers and he said, I'm not worried and there's really nothing to be concerned about, let's just say that this child is, for right now, delayed compared to most children. I took this in, I didn't say anything, but almost as soon as we were in the car, it came out. I was going, delayed, delayed, what does that mean? Is there something wrong? Is there something we need to do? Why did he even use that word, I wondered. Looking back on it now, I didn't see this then. Maybe under my trying to be calm exterior, I was a little more anxious parent than I thought I was, right? There was a lot to worry about, even with healthy children. And we all have worries, right? And there is some evolutionary wisdom and usefulness in a healthy amount of worry. It can sharpen our attention and call us to focus when we need to. Like when you're driving in traffic or finding your way in a strange city. It's good to be alert, right? And it's not the time to be too casual or spacey or laid back. But too much worry makes us anxious and afraid, and we can find ourselves overreacting and treating a situation as a threat when it's actually not. Treating a person as an enemy when they actually are showing up as a friend. Our worship theme for this month of November is generosity, and I'm sensing that something that's needed these days is a generosity of spirit. I'm not thinking about money here at all. I almost thought about putting a joke in the little sermon blurb. Don't worry, at least this Sunday, generosity, we're not talking about money, but I didn't think you needed to hear that because you are some of the most generous people I've ever been honored to know. And the financial generosity you've shown around here in recent years has been so heartening. And we are so grateful here for all the good that you make possible for the different ways you give, your time and your money. And one of the reasons I love being your minister is because you are so generous. And I'm not just talking about money. You are open-hearted, 
You care for one another and for our world. And that's what I'm thinking about today, a generosity of spirit. And maybe this is not a sermon you even need to hear because I already see you doing this. But I'm thinking these days, it probably doesn't help to be reminded. It doesn't hurt to be encouraged to lean in a bit to the generous and open-hearted side of yourself. It's good for us as individuals to do this. I think it'll help us better make our way through these days. But it's certainly needed in our world, isn't it? And who knows, maybe it always has been. I think about what Jesus said to his followers 2,000 years ago that Marshall so beautifully read. Why would he have told them not to worry if they weren't worried people, right? Unless Jesus was a real worrier. I'm always aware that preachers preach the sermons they themselves need to hear. So... Um, but also hopefully try to preach the sermons that knowing what you all are thinking about, what you might need to hear too. It must be part of our human condition to worry in moderate proportions, but too much of it is, is not good for us. I think of an elder when I was active at the UU Church up in Portsmouth, in her later years, one day she told our minister, I want to be less of a warrior and more of a warrior. Less of a warrior, more of a warrior. This woman, her name was Ellen, she had a Buddhist practice. And I think, I have to imagine that some of it came from that. And it makes me think that her spirit is what the Buddhist meditation teacher, Sharon Salzberg, encourages in her students. And she tells them when they meditate, this is what she says, sit like a mountain. Sit with a sense of strength and dignity. Be steadfast. Be majestic. Be natural and at ease in awareness. No matter how many winds are blowing, no matter how many clouds are swirling, no matter how many lions are prowling, be intimate with everything and sit like a mountain. I was with some of you the other day at a chalice circle gathering, and one of you talked about the generosity of our natural world, that every day we receive these gifts all around us, the sun rising in the morning, the sky overhead, the trees that are so beautiful this time of year, the earth solid under our feet. And isn't this what Jesus was saying in our reading this morning? To remember these gifts that we have been given. That it could be so easy to take for granted, but to see them and appreciate them, and to trust that they are ours to enjoy and share. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. 
But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will God clothe you, you of little faith? I wonder, what if we updated this passage a bit? Tried a different word for that little name God, which I'm happy to use, but sometimes can be a stumbling block. How might we hear this passage a little differently? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They don't work hard, but I tell you, even Lady Gaga in all her glory (laughs) was not decked out like one of these. But if our mother earth so clothes the the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will she clothe you, you who worry too much? So do not keep worrying what you are to eat and what you are to drink and what you will wear, for the spirit of abundant life that is all around knows that you need these things. Just set your heart on what matters Try to live with ease and openness, and everything will be okay. I am so grateful and love, so grateful for, and I love the openness of our UU tradition, how we have an ongoing invitation to question and wonder to trust our own experiences and to translate and make meaning in ways that are helpful for ourselves and for these days. I hope and trust that you feel that invitation here and in your life to interpret and translate in ways that are liberating and life-giving. And this reminds me of a poem that our daughter introduced to me by a woman named Ada Limon. She has a couple lines about this. The poet is describing a walk out in a valley that she took with a friend. She writes, I think of that walk in the valley where Jay said, you don't believe in God? And I said, no, I believe in this connection we all have to nature, to each other, to the universe. And she said, yeah, God. Maybe a spirit of generosity means being more playful and a little less serious about things. Inviting conversations like this one that the poet describes. Learning to relax and enjoy this present moment and this day that we've been given. I was working at home on Friday, sitting at my laptop for a little long, and I all of a sudden realized I need to get outside and at least breathe in some of this warm November air. And I happened to be just doing a lap around our house, and a new neighbor walked by down the street out for a walk, and she smiled, and she said, isn't it a beautiful day? And hasn't it been a beautiful fall? 
And I agreed with her and her glad and generous spirit in that moment. That's all she said. It really touched me. And I took it in and it inspired me to go in and get my laptop and carry it outside where I could bask in the blessings of that moment, that hour, while I did my work. And who among us doesn't need to be reminded from time to time to look up and to look around, to appreciate the gifts that we've been given, to remember that this is, in spite of some evidence to the contrary some days, that this is a good and generous world. As we sang a few minutes ago in words that come from the prophet Isaiah, O come, you longing, thirsty souls, drink freely from the spring. And come, you weary, famished folk, and end your hungering. Why spend yourselves on empty air? Why not be satisfied? For everywhere a feast is spread that's always at our side. Since we are here, on this vast and beautiful and generous earth, since we are part of this fathomless and unfolding mystery, can we take heart? Can we be glad? Can we choose to live our days with a generous spirit, delighting in the gifts of this moment and this day Facing the challenges that do come with confidence and courage. Enjoying these lives that we have been given. And these companions that we have been given. Singing as we go. Singing as we go. Amen. <laughs>